Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Frady. This is Lock and Load, and joining me now from beautiful Yuma, Arizona, is writer Dean Weingarten. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well, probably better than I deserve. Ah, well, I wouldn't say that. What's on your mind today? What are we talking about today? Well, we can talk about the South Carolina legislature, where they're getting close to passing a constitutional carry bill. I'd give it about a 50-50 chance. I mean, they've been trying to do this for over 10 years. I think it's probably closer to 15 years. Right. And they've passed it through the House of Representatives. Right. I mean, South, uh, South Carolina has a two bicameral legislature, as most everybody but Nebraska in the U.S., every state Nebraska has bicameral legislature. And they passed it through the House many times. It's the Senate where they have problems getting it through. And and there probably been times when a governor might not sign it. But uh, last year, in 2022, they passed it through the House. And uh, the Second Amendment advocate in the Senate has been pushing it. His name is Senator Shane Martin. Mm. And he has been pushing to get it through. And he managed to pry it out of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate last year to ensure that it would get a vote this year. He's been he's been working on this for at least a decade. And what happens is he, met, he gets it passed through the House, and then the Senate kills it. And I guess the best way for you to look at it is that there are a couple of people in the Senate. Uh, I think there's probably about five or six of them when I look at some of the votes, okay? that really hate the idea of constitutional carry. Right. And these are Republicans. I'm not counting the Democrats. And the president, uh, I think that's the correct designation, um, in the Senate, uh, I think his name is Massey. Shane Massey. Get it right. Shane Massey. Shane Massey. Yep. And he strongly opposes constitutional carry. Well, that's very difficult when you have the president of the House or the that you're trying to get it passed through, strongly opposing it. It's hard to get it through. Right. But, um, so he opposed it, and then the person in charge of the Judiciary Committee, uh, which is, I think, Luke Rankin. Rankin, yeah. Yeah, he strongly opposes uh, constitutional carry, and both of them are Republicans. But the Republicans have a big majority in the Senate, and they have a huge majority in the House as well. And in the Senate, they've got, I think it's 
30 Republicans to like 16 Democrats and one independent or something very close to that. Right. And so with all the Democrats and the independent um, voting against it, there's a, there's a filibuster rule in the Senate and they have to get 60% of the vote to overcome the filibuster. Now, for those who don't remember what a filibuster is, it's people have to be willing to stop debate on a particular bill before it can be voted on. And so people who don't want the bill to pass will just keep on debating and debating and debating to keep the bill from passing until you pass a time limit where it can't get passed or, or for whatever reason. And so... In the South Carolina Senate, in order to stop debate on a bill, you need 60% of the votes of the senators to overcome the filibuster. So that's the major hurdle to get passed now. Now, before, it was getting it out of committee, and it, it would never get out of committee because Luke Rankin would stop it from getting out of committee. And it didn't go to another committee because Shane Massey didn't want the bill to pass, and he'd always put the bill in Luke Rankin's committee. Now, that's my understanding of the South Carolina politics. I'm a long way from there. I don't live there. I don't constantly talk to them on a daily basis. Oh, that's I my understanding. Uh, before it was uh, before it was Luke Rankin, it was Larry Martin, who was also a Republican, and he was in charge of the Senate Judiciary Committee right. as well. So is my uh, summation pretty close to what you understand? Very close to it. I mean, Larry Martin told me on the phone that the Second Amendment did not mean that you could carry what you wanted, whenever you wanted, wherever you wanted. Yeah. Republican. So anyway, so, so this is what we've seen in South Carolina, is that it's a small number of Republicans in the Senate who are stopping the bill. And there are more. I mean, there's about three to four other senators, Republicans, that have been opposed to the bill. But this year, 2024, is an election year for all the senators in South Carolina. And the grassroots wants this bill the Republican grassroots, maybe I should say, or conservative or whatever, right. they want this bill passed. And they're putting a lot of pressure on the senators in the Senate because if it passes the Senate, it will almost certainly become law. It's already passed the House, passed, passed the Senate, and Governor McMaster last year when it passed the House said that if it came to his desk, he would sign the bill. So, right now, it has passed a vote to stop debate. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is a filibuster vote or not, but it looks like it. And it needed, uh, there were like 50 or 44 senators voting, as I recall. Is that about right? Yeah. And they needed 26. That's one outlet said they needed 26 senators in order to pass this vote. You know, to keep the bill alive, essentially. And they got 27 votes. There were three Republicans who voted with the Democrats and the independents. To tr- In my opinion, it looks like they, it was an attempt to kill the bill. And those three Republicans were Shane Massey, who is the president 
of the Republican Senate. Luke Rankin, who's the committee chair of the Judiciary Committee, and then one other Republican senator, George Hampson. And they weren't enough to stop it. They needed 26 votes. They got 27 votes. Now, it is supposed to come up for debate again. Well, it was supposed to come up for debate again, I think, yesterday. And I don't know what happened then. Uh, it's probably still in debate. There were there, People were trying to add amendments, change things, you know, to put in poison pills. Well, they had, they had to know. strip one out. They had to strip one of those out because there was a poison pill in there. And uh, I don't have the full uh, a lot of time to go into that before the next segment. But that it, it has actually been sent back to the House now. For, oh, yeah. For, but it had that one change. It had the they one change. One so, thing out. Yeah. Okay. So Which was now a big the point change. Was, it was a big change. Oh, positive or negative? Because I haven't read it. Well, I tell you what. Uh, let's uh, let me let's go into the first break, and when we get back, I'll tell you the positive of it. So very uh, good. Dean has this article is at amoland.com where he has over 2,400 other articles like it for your consideration. All of them poignant, all of them meaning something. They meant something when he wrote it, and they mean just as much today, including his uh, bear, bear database, which is very interesting, very riveting for me. So um, amoland.com, uh, we'll be right back. Talking to Dean Weingarten, talking about South Carolina permitless carry. This is Lock and Load. such thing as a fair fight and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform dominate at staccato we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom when we want you to enter that objective confident that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight no compromise no sacrifice staccato 2011.com stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011 at Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. 
Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load talking to Dean Weingarten. We we're just talking about South Carolina permitless carry. Would we be the 28th state if we get if we pass that? I think it'd be the 29th state. Okay. So what has happened? One, one of the one of the things that came up from the House was there was a provision for some uh, categories of misdemeanor to where if you were if you were convicted of a misdemeanor, they could come and get your guns. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was something inserted by the Democrats and maybe some of these Republicans because we're sort of Europe. Here in uh, South Carolina, right. when it comes to our politics, everybody thinks it's a deep crimson red state. Not exactly. And so the well, Senate. There's a lot of holdovers. Yeah. From um, that haven't, you know, are continuing older attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the Senate has stripped that out and that's what's been stripped out. So now it has been sent back to the House for what they refer to as concurrent and uh we'll right. see, we'll see we'll see what comes from that uh i was speaking with senator rex rice uh uh-huh. well not speaking i was having a text chat with him while i was on the air doing the local show yeah rice has been pretty prominent i think yeah. in this yeah and he was uh he was he he believes it's going to pass he he does not want them to go home until it is passed one way you know until it's finished right 
And he wants that but, on the record before the election. So, I, you know. Yeah. And I know where yeah. he's going to be coming from. I know what he's got going on. So, anyway. So, it, from what I have seen, it looks like it should probably, the concurrence should be coming from the House because they passed the bill with huge margin, 90 to 30. Right. Um, last year. And so, if Rice is pushing it to pass as a concurrence, then it goes to the governor next because the Senate already passed the version that's gone back to the house. Right. So we'll see what so we all get they need that. to do. The house only needs to concur and then it goes to the governor's the way I see it. Yeah. I, I hope that's the way it is. It, it'd be nice. But I mean, one of the things that I, uh, that bugs me the most about South Carolina is, you know, South Carolina should be a leader. We're not a leader in anything we're always a follower and we're a slow follower when it comes to certain things it seems that way with the second amendment yeah uh, and and south carolina is a pretty you know conservative state well amongst, yeah, well south carolina, so the upstate of south carolina is very conservative then you get into the midlands where you've got you've got in one city you've got uh, the seat of government for the state You've got the University of South Carolina. You've got uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And then you have uh, the lone U.S. representative out of South Carolina. It's a Democrat, Jim Clyburn's district, right beside it. So Clyburn, it's, yeah. It, it is quite the little uh, confused yeah, it's a, area. A concentration of leftism there. Yeah. And then when you go down to the low country, then, you get, then you've got a lot of, a uh, whole lot of people that are very leftist and very, uh, anti-rights yeah. and stuff like that. So. Right. So, I mean, this, uh, of course, I've, I've been watching this, but I haven't seen just the last couple of days. And uh, so we should know pretty soon if the House does concurrence or not. Well, I certainly hope. I, I, I mean, it sounds to me like it should go. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of behind-the-scenes maneuvering and everything because there are a lot of people who desperately want to stop uh, South Carolina from going to permitless care. Well, at least in um, South Carolina anyway, right? A lot of Republicans, right. so yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking they're, they're gonna, all the Democrats there are going to ally themselves with a few Republicans and, and do what they can. But it looks like it's – was, when I had written the article and it hadn't gotten out of the Senate again, or out of the Senate this time, uh, I gave it a 50-50 chance. Now I'd give it about an 80% chance. Yeah. I hope so. Well, that's a pretty big move forward. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I, you know, it's been a long time coming. I mean, uh, the more the more I look oh, at it, yeah. it's it's absolutely uh, stunning at how slow we have moved on this. Right, and, and we, I would say we have open carry with a permit. You have to have a concealed right. carry permit to open carry, which is. Uh, I mean, I can't say it over the air. It's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. Well, to me. and this bill does away with that, right? You don't need a permit. I have no carry. idea. I have no. Well, you don't have to have a. You don't have to have a permit to carry. I don't know if that means you can open carry because once again, we're in South Carolina. Right. I when I looked at the bill, and it's a. It's not a simple bill because it covers a fair amount of topics in order to get to permitless carry. Right. In South Carolina, but when I looked at it and some of the descriptions of it, it appeared that you would not need a permit for open carry. 
haven't even looked at that. I've, you know, yeah. I, I get asked so many times about it. I've become so numb to yeah. the utter stupidity of this state and the way they treat everybody here that I, uh, you know, I'll be quite surprised. I'll be pleasantly surprised. I might even well, toast. I have watched these through, well, literally 27 iterations. Right. Uh, in different states. And it is amazing how many ways uh, legislators can figure out to stop bills that uh, just a few people who are willing to pull some strings and play some hardball can do it. There's lots of ways to stop bills. So I'm, you know, I, I, it looks like this has a fairly clear path forward, but there is no guarantee on this stuff. Yeah, but it's got legs at the moment. I think so. It does have legs. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what we get out of this. And, uh, well, it'd be nice if we, you know, if I was pleasantly surprised. I'd be, it doesn't matter because I've got a concealed carry permit. And I will always have right. a concealed carry permit because I carry guns out of state. And what this does, too, is it, it lends momentum to the whole restoration of Second Amendment rights that's right. happening across the United States. I mean, when the Supreme Court looks, and they say there's 29 states where you don't need a permit to carry. That is something they take into account. Well, how come, you know, California says that there's going to be blood in the streets if we make sure that everybody who wants to be able to carry can do so, even to take tests and everything, when a way over half the states don't require any testing and there is no problem. Well, I mean, just from a pragmatic point of view, of course, I have to look at that and say, what are you talking about blood in the streets? Well, that's never happened. I mean, that, that's but that's their, that's their, that's what they said when they were getting ready to pass. Uh, Absolutely. Permits. They say it every time. Yeah. And it has proven to be wrong yeah. every time. So anyway, we're coming up on the next break. This article, like I was talking about, you can find this at. Uh, ammoland.com where, where, uh, Dean has well over 2,400 other articles. And what's interesting about this is that Dean writes about everything within the culture, hunting, politics, self-defense, individual cases, all these other things. And, uh, that makes everything that he writes about, it means something, but it's, there's a lesson to be learned. And it will always be worth reading, no matter how long it's been since he wrote it. So that's why I read. Dean is the uh, Amaland is the biggest uh, website of its type, and Dean's the biggest writer there. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. 
Terran Tactical Innovations is the ultimate one-stop shop for all your competition, law enforcement, and military needs. Home of the weapons of wit. Now featuring the new pit fiber, Terran is the one who trained the one. And he is Hollywood's go-to for taking the weapons and training to the next level. His legacy of championship wins, spanning across decades, is due to his uncompromising dedication to perfection. These innovations are now offered to you at TerranTactical.com. USA News Update. A decision on the New York business fraud case involving former President Trump is expected within the next two weeks. The case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James awaits a written ruling from Judge Arthur Engeron. James has asserted that Trump and his company should be held accountable for their alleged illicit earnings with a suggested payment of $370 million. President Biden is scheduled to visit California and Nevada over the weekend with plans to be in Los Angeles Saturday. During his time in L.A., Biden will meet with black leaders in the entertainment industry. The president and first lady will travel to Las Vegas Sunday ahead of Tuesday's Nevada Democratic presidential primary. Meteorologists are warning of potentially life-threatening impacts from the approaching Pineapple Express in California. The National Weather Service in Los Angeles predicts an atmospheric river delivering up to eight inches of rain from San Diego to Monterey from late Saturday to early Wednesday. John Schaefer, USA News. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810.
And welcome back. This is Lock and Load, talking to Dean Weingarten. And while Dean was away, there was a, a lot of stuff that happened uh, that uh, while he was gone at SHOT Show and everything, a lot of stuff that was published we haven't even looked at. But um, what about this British Columbia bear hunting ban? Not what it seems. Uh, that, you know, I'm always in on the bear stories. Tell me about this thing. Yeah, okay. Well, when I was... Um try and figure out how you could arrange things to discern effects, sort of natural experiments, as we were. Uh, one of the things that's happened in just the last couple of years was a ban on hunting of grizzly bears in British Columbia. I mean, that's the way I read about it. That's what was uh, promoted, was that this was a, a total ban on hunting grizzly bears in British Columbia. So I thought that would probably mean that we would have a natural experiment. We will, at, from this date on, people can't hunt grizzly bears. The grizzly bears are not going to be taught to fear humans, so they're going to start acting differently. So I started looking at this ban on the hunting of grizzly bears in British Columbia, Canada, which is on the west coast of Canada. And what I found was that it wasn't exactly a ban. It was more kind of preferential treatment that people who were not members of the tribes uh, of what they call First Nations or Amerindians or whatever you want to call them on the west coast of Canada, people who were not members of the tribes could not hunt grizzly bears in British Columbia. But if you were a member of the tribe and you were hunting the grizzly bear for supposedly uh, subsistence or whatever, that was perfectly okay. Now, what we found is that one of the tribes, anyway, and there may be more, but this one was featured in an article so I could read about it, uh, found that the grizzly bears were killing a lot of the ungulates, you know, like um, I think it would be caribou and moose uh, that were that they depended on for food, and they said well, we've got to kill, we've got to get the numbers of grizzly bears down because the bears and the wolves and the black bears, grizzly bears and black bears and wolves, are killing so many of these animals that we hunt for food that we're having a hard time killing the number of people that I'm uh, killing the number of bears that we need to in order to get uh, the food we want. So the leader of the uh, tribe looked at the data and they hired their own wildlife biologists and they basically said, well, we need to kill the same number of bears that were being killed before the ban. So in order to do that, Previously, a guide would charge people and there'd be licenses that they'd have to buy. I think it's about $15,000 to hunt a grizzly bear in that part of British Columbia. It's a very wild part of British Columbia. Uh, it's like 99% wilderness. Well, now uh, the tribe is called, I, I'm going to, Hopefully, I won't mess up the uh, pronunciation. The 
Taltam, T-A-H-L-T-A-N, are now offering a $1,000 bounty, essentially, to people who kill grizzly bears because they have too many grizzly bears and they need to get the numbers down. And they also have bounties for killing up to 150 black bears and 250 wolves. Because they've got too many predators. So you really haven't stopped hunting, at least in that part of British Columbia, which is like 11% of British Columbia. So it's a substantial amount. And it's about in the neighborhood of one-seventh of the number of grizzly bears that were being killed uh, by hunters who wanted to go to all the trouble and expense and effort to kill a grizzly bear in a wilderness. But now, since they won't let people who want to kill the bears pay for the privilege of killing them, they have to pay people with incentives and a bounty to kill enough grizzly bears so that they keep the population where they want it to be. So what this told me is the idea of this as a natural experiment isn't going to work because it's not like you don't have people hunting and killing grizzly bears. It's just that you've cut way down on the population of the number of people who are eligible to go and hunt grizzly bears. So instead of people paying for the privilege of hunting grizzly bears, you now have to pay people to go out and do the work and effort and everything to hunt and kill grizzly bears. And that includes, you know, they also, as I said, they also put bounties smaller amounts on black bears and on wolves. And this is not some crazy, you know, impossible theory. The state of Alaska has come to exactly the same conclusion. If you allow predators to get too high a level, they kill off large amounts of the game species, you know, the, the species that you want to, for human hunters too, and then both populations crash. The game species crashes because it's got way too many predators hunting at ever-reducing numbers of game species, and then the predator population crashes because there isn't enough game for it to feed on anymore, and then you often have a situation where the next stable situation is where you have relatively few predators and even fewer game species and they're both kept at that level because anytime the game species starts to increase, the predators that are left kill them off. So human management can result in much higher numbers of both predators and game species if they're managed properly. And the B.C. law that banned hunting of grizzly bears in British Columbia was not passed with any logical uh, management objectives. It was passed because people objected to the idea of people hunting grizzly bears for what they just call trophy hunting. And they just didn't like people to hunt grizzly bears for trophies, so we're just going to ban it. And it, that's the reason they passed the law. And it was there was a big emotional campaign funded mostly by people in the United States who 
fund the Nature Conservancy, and the Nature Conservancy funded a specific organization in Canada, in British Columbia, called Nature United, and Nature United mounted this campaign to stop the hunting of grizzly bears, well, the trophy hunting of grizzly bears in British Columbia. So you really haven't stopped the hunting of grizzly bears. You've just prevented people who want to hunt grizzly bears from hunting them so that other incentives to hunt them have to be found in order to keep the grizzly bear population under control. Right. Well, we're coming up on the next break, and I got a couple of questions to ask you about this, uh, just because I'm very curious about this. Um, this article, this thing, I think this got published on the 17th of, uh, yeah, 17th of January, but we had SHOT Show and all this other stuff going on, and uh, we just didn't get to it, didn't get to that thing, so... Uh, we're just now getting to it today. Dean wrote this. Of course, this is at Amoland.com. All you got to do is click on his name and or click on all contributors at the bottom. Look for Dean Weingarten Midway on the left-hand side, and you'll find all of these articles. And you should probably bring a sandwich with you and something to drink because it's 2,400-plus of these available for you. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply, 
plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load. Last time on the fire line, talking to Dean Weingarten from AmmoLand.com. Now, with regards to these, uh, this ban on hunting and everything that we're, that you, that you have reported on, um, what is it about this particular, I don't know, the, uh, the whole idea that, why did they think this was a smoking hot idea to do this? Is it, or is, are these are the people that think that a grizzly is Yogi Bear? Is that what it boils down to? I mean, I think it's people who think grizzlies are Yogi Bear. Yeah. Essentially, I would call it the Disneyfication. It's, if you look at it demographically, these are mostly single women in cities who don't like the idea of hunting, period. And it, while it's, sounds kind of silly, I would argue that what they're seeing is they just don't like the idea of animals being killed. Can't have animals being killed. That's bad. That's nasty. Nobody should kill an animal ever. I mean, I think that's kind of in the mindset. And, oh, the grizzly bears, there's so few of them. They're on the verge of extinction. Well, we can't have people killing grizzly bears. That's bad. That's rotten. And you have this uh, whole anti-hunting mindset that's been promoted for decades where hunters are bad things. Uh, you know, they're bad people. Anybody's a hunter. Yeah, yeah, let's see. What was that latest the Disney movie that came out with the version of the Beauty and the Beast? And uh, the uh, the Beast, of course, was a wonderful good guy. And uh, the Beauty was uh, a wonderful uh, female type. And uh, the p- bad person was the hunter that was courting the Beauty. Right. Uh, you know, hunter's bad, hunter's bad, hunter's bad. And so that is what we have here is this, is this 
people who do not really understand and who buy into irrational arguments about how a resource should be managed. And part of this is this bizarre notion, and it's a very common notion out there, nature good, man bad. And just put the label nature on something, and it's necessarily good, and say that it's not natural, and then it's necessarily bad. And then part of this, too, is to promote the idea that the people who lived in the Americas before Europeans got here were wonderful ecologists and uh, never did anything wrong and right. uh, had the best interest of all the critters in, in their mind, and it just wasn't that way. I mean, they killed as much as they could, as fast as they could, because of a lot of work and effort, and they had to eat. So if they had to run a few hundred buffalo over a cliff and were only able to eat 10 of them, well, it was okay. We got the 10 we needed. And since there were very, very few people, the resource was not depleted down to nothing. Although there's good evidence that we killed off a lot of species. By we, I mean humans who colonized the Americas, you know, roughly 10 to 20,000 years ago. Now, and partly as the glaciers retreated. And there were, at the time, there were a lot of big megafauna, we call them. There were mastodons. There were giant sloths. There were giant armadillos down in South America. There were dire wolves. There were saber-toothed tigers. There were cave bears. There were long, uh, long-faced bears. There, were, there was a lot of large um megafauna, we call them, essentially just big animals. Right. And so when the first people got here, those big animals didn't know anything about people because there had not been any people in the Americas, the New World. So when they see a biped, kind of not a, not a very big animal, you know, maybe about the size of a wolf or a small wolf, who's walking around on its hind legs and it's got some kind of a stick, or maybe there's five or six of them, well, so what? They have never had to deal with that before. Well, those bipeds with the pointy sticks turned out to be real dangerous, and they killed off large numbers of these megafaunas. And there's a lot of people who reasonably believe that the extinction of most of the megafauna in the New World was because humans ate them. Well, they killed them, and they ate a lot of them, and they ate all of them. I mean, it takes a lot to eat a whole mastodon. Um, and another thing, I had a, a very good friend of mine who I've lost track of. Uh, I met him down in Panama. Uh, he worked for the Smithsonian Institution down there, and uh, his name is escaping me at the moment. I could find it. But he talked about why humans were able to kill megafauna off so much. And he said, well, the humans brought dogs with them. And he says, when you look at the capabilities of a predator, a bunch of humans with a pack of dogs are almost impossible for big animals to escape. The dogs track them and harass them and pin them down, and the humans come up and finish them off. 
and it made perfect sense to me. Uh, and the humans at the time had spear throwers and regular spears for really big animals like a mastodon or, you know, a giant sloth, um, which are huge. So we tons. Um, spear throwers may not have enough penetration to get to the virus, but you can overcome that by just using a regular spear. And you can throw a regular spear, which is a stick with a good and sharp stone point on it, probably works best in this case, because they didn't have any metals, they didn't have steel, uh, they didn't have copper at that point, and you throw that spear as hard as you can, essentially, um, as a javelin, and it'll penetrate right into a mammoth's uh, lung cavity, and you puncture those lungs, and it may take a while, but that mammoth is going to die. And if you got a good pack of dogs with you, they can harass and harry that mammoth enough so that you can run away and get away from it. So there's good evidence to believe that uh, the first people here in the New World killed off a lot of big animals. Now, they didn't, weren't able to kill off the moose for whatever reason, maybe because it lives in colder and marshy environments or whatever, I don't know. Uh, and they didn't kill off the buffalo. Those are megafauna that managed to make it through. And they didn't kill off the big grizzly bears because guess what? Grizzly bears did not, they're latecomers to most of North America like humans. They're the same as the Asiatic brown bear, essentially. So grizzly bears grew up with humans, and they developed a strategy to deal with humans so humans didn't kill them all off. And that was, if there's only one or two humans around, charge them right away. And uh, you can drive them off or sometimes kill the human, sometimes eat the human. But the bears that existed in North America, like the long, I think it's the long-faced bear, and there's a couple others, cave bear maybe. I, I might be getting the exact species names incorrect. They had never dealt with humans before. But the grizzly bears, they grew up with humans. So that's one of the reasons the grizzly bears survived and the long-faced bears didn't. And the American black bears, because they were smaller, intended they weren't the dominant carnivore, the dominant predator. They would run away from threats, and so they have thrived pretty well because they would often run away from people and they wouldn't have to get uh, speared and eaten as easily. So that's why I say that, you know, the idea that Native Americans were just uh, environmentalists who uh, preserved the environment, made sure everything was wonderful, and they were really Disney aficionados before there were movies, is a bunch of bunk. Uh, those people were trying to survive as best they could, right. and that usually involved killing as much stuff as fast as they could right. to feed their families and, and uh, make sure they had enough food to get through the winter. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a, definitely a different time back then. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I go along with the bunk, too. That, I don't think they ever got to a point where they said, oh, that's enough. We don't have to kill anymore. Because yeah, everything, no. <laughs> every, everything they killed for food always ultimately worked out good for them. Well, right. I think they got to a point where we got plenty of food. We don't have to go hunting right now. Right. Yeah, so, that might happen. Anyway. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Running out of time. This article is at Amalan.com with the long, uh, with uh, 2,400 others just like it, by Dean, not just like it, but all by Dean. Thank you for joining me today, sir. It is always a pleasure. 
Back again on Monday. And uh, between now and then, remember this, it has never been about gun control. Not once, not ever. It has been. It's always going to be about total control. This has been Lock and Load. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis-quality-built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see? Advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. 